Explosion Network's Fast and Furious podcast, and we don't have friends, we have family. Each week in the lead up to Fast and Furious 9, we shall be cracking a corona to discuss the films, characters, music, and more of the Fast saga. My name is Dylan Blight, joining me, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here, because pockets ain't empty, cuz. <laughs> and Kieran Marchant. Good to be here, because we hungry. We hungry. We hungry. <laughs> Get ready for picking everyone's favourite quotes later in the show, I guess. Uh, so this week's episode, we are talking about Too Fast, Too Furious, released in 2013, directed by John Singleton, written by Michael Brandt, who did the story and screenplay, Derek Haas, who did the story and screenplay, and uh, it was based on the guy Scott Thompson characters, of course. Uh, well, uh, No, sorry. And he did the story for this one. This is the last one he was involved in. He did the original uh, screenplay for the first one in the story, and this one he just did the story for. And then every fast after this, he's just credited for the characters, obviously. Uh, the main cast of this film, Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, Eva Mendes, Cole Hauser, Ludacris, Chris Bridges, um, Tom, Bar- Tom Barry, and Devin Aoki. The synopsis of the film is former cop Brian O'Connor is called upon to bust a dangerous criminal and he recruits the help of a former childhood friend and a street racer who has a chance to redeem himself. But before we get into talking about that movie, we'll take a hot second to go off the side of the racetrack here and talk about the turbocharged prelude for Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, if you, In case you haven't seen this before, this is a, I think it's like 69 minutes or something like that. I should have wrote it down, but it's not really that important. It's like six minutes. Um, yeah, it's, it's not very long. It's a basically a short it's a short film it has no dialogue the entire thing is just showing brian traveling basically what he does after the first fast and furious and how he ends up in miami to uh to to be where we are when too fast too furious picks up and that's all it is it's just like tying together stuff so it explains what happens it's not at all important to watch too fast too furious as it stands as like a six minute thing, I've watched it every time I've had to, I've actually rewatched this movie because I just like, it's on the DVD, it's on the Blu-ray, what have you. Um, I've had it on every copy of this movie I've managed to own. So I've always just chucked it on cause it is short to get me like amped before the movie starts to, to before we go. Cause it is short. Uh, so obviously I don't mind it. Kieran, do you, do you see yourself rewatching it? It was <laughs> maybe not just because it was so bizarre because it, it felt like it was caught between, they almost put a lot of effort into some of the shots of it, and then other ones I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, sure. Like, I just, I, I guess it's, I get it, it's 2000 and what, 2002, 2003, but, like, the shots of, like, him, like, but over the top of the map showing where he's going just looked really bad in stages, but at the same time... Eurotrip. Yeah, at the same time, he... Like, some of the bits, like, the cops breaking into his house or him racing certain people, I was like, holy fuck, like, you actually had to put some kind of organisational effort into making this happen. This wasn't just, uh, we've got this lying around here and there, we could do shots like no, this. No, no. no, it's, it's they've gone out of their way to do this. So, credit to them, sure, do it. Um, I don't think it's, like, a, a must-have to watch Fast and F- Too Fast, Too Furious. I just, yeah, it's all right. Ash? Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I think the weirdest <laughs> thing is Minka Kelly's in it. Like, he's in a bunch of, like, bigger stuff. And she's just there, randomly. Is never seen ever again. 
even though she helps a fugitive across the country. Who she knows is a fugitive. <gasps> yeah. Because he, he sat on a newspaper for however long they drove and he never once moved it and then he saw it as he was getting they down. They run into like, <gasps> each other like three times. <laughs> yep. He just abandons a car that's, you know, perfectly good car. I did appreciate well, him... Well, it's hot. It, the car was hot. I've, yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate him building the skyline. That was the only bit that I was like, you know what? Okay. It's a small tip. How, how do you do that? He's like, a smart guy. Uh, undocumented worker, I guess, right? I guess he's stealing. I don't know. He's fucking, he's a criminal, you know? Like, yeah. He's got money. He's got all, he's got a heap of money on him. Keep your eyes on the road, cowboy. He did the stare and drive on you, didn't he? He got that from me. So jumping into Too Fast, Too Furious, um, the movie that I would say most people consider to be the worst one, my overall thoughts are as such. The opening is still amazing, even after all these years. The CGI in some moments where they have like the, the big NOS shots and whatever else isn't great. But overall, it's just the, the tone, the music, just everyone like back talking like you ain't gonna take me bro you ain't gonna ever take me like it's just like this is literally this scene the opening of this movie is what me and another friend when i was in like grade six or whatever when <laughs> came out we would just play play in the playground the opening of this movie like we'll just be like you ain't gonna take me bro you ain't gonna take me bro like i'm fucking like 10 11 whatever and i would just be saying these lines back and forth with a friend who uh loved this movie at the time so yeah it's hard it's hard for me to fault the opening because i hope <laughs> i hope neither one of you yelled smack that ass at all at that point no i don't know if we would have understand what smack that ass was yeah <laughs> was about um the other thing interesting, of course, watching this one that stands out is it's the only movie about Vin Diesel in it at all. And you may be like, well, he's not Tokyo Drift. He has a cameo. So, like, he's at least in it for a hot second. It's the only one without him. Um, and I found, like, this interesting thing because I, like, I was like, I wonder why he never did it. So, I just, like, Googled and straight away I found my answer, which was he said in an interview that Universal Studios didn't take a Francis Ford Coppola approach to it, which I love that he's talking about... Uh, the Fast and Furious saga, all the way back in 2003, 2002, whenever they're talking about this movie. I love back then, he's talking about it like he does today, which is that, like, he takes these movies serious Seriously. as fuck, you know, like, what, which is What does funny. that even mean? Um, it's a style Francis of Ford acting. Coppola. You know, like, he's like, they're not taking it serious. They're not, take, they're not treating it like a Coppola movie. They're not doing Godfather Part 2, 3, you know? Yeah, because that's they what, got that's more what I think as they went along. They want more. God he wants the. He wants Fast and Furious to be the Godfather. <laughs> yep, he he's all about it. I and mean, then apparently, the only reason he did the cameo in Tokyo Drift is because he wanted to do another Riddick movie or something, so he did it as a favor. Yeah, that was like the trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says they approached it, they approached it like they did sequels in the eighties and nineties when they would drum up a new story unrelated for the most part and slap the same name on it, which, in all fairness, is true like too fast too furious as much as like obviously tyrese eventually ties back into it and like uh tedge and all these tedge. characters come back it is the the movie that feels the most like let's just have a plot like continue the franchise obviously um i enjoy it though i it's i would not to skip ahead 
I can I can easily say now like my my rankings is fine. We're only two, we're only two movies in. Like this one, it's Fast and Furious currently, and then Too Fast Too Furious is is below that. Um, for how ranking these movies goes, I still find it fun though. I Tyrese kind of annoys me. <laughs> Uh, a little bit. I guess that's just supposed to be the character, though. And also, it's interesting rewatching this one because I haven't rewatched it for several years. And obviously, um, his character falls away from being a bit more of a hard ass as the franchise continues and to becoming just more of a uh, joke comedic in a lot relief. of ways. Yeah, yeah, comedic relief. What? So that's like quite interesting to to watch this one because I feel like in this one he's a bit more of a supposed to be this badass guy, or whatever. And then also similarly, I think it's funny watching this one. Uh, obviously having the most recent one I've seen, um, Brian Sharp in, which was Fast and Furious 7, obviously, and 5 and 6 and whatever else. Like, I feel like this is this movie is like his, him at his utmost, yeah, bro, you want to take your, hey, cars? Like, you know, like like more like street version of him. Like, and, and it kind of gets toned down for, for future films or whatever else. But overall, I enjoy watching it. I mean, I don't hate any of these movies, but it's not a great movie. It's just... <laughs> It's got its moments. Karen, how do you feel about this? I think I have a nostalgic That's love for this think, movie yeah. because I think this is the first Fast and Furious movie I ever saw. I don't think I saw really? the first one. I think I saw Too Fast, Too Furious first. Um, and like you, I have a very special... I didn't reenact it, but I have a very special place for <laughs> um, the opening scene. Who did react it, though? <laughs> um, just me. <laughs> just you. Um, I think the skyline in that opening scene is probably one of my favorite cars in. Yeah, it's I recreate it and everything. And hold on, I got I got to steal your fucking moment here because I just remember something so funny. It's so relevant to this. I'll never get to bring it up. I recreated in Forza Horizon Four when that came out. Uh, what two thousand? No, it wasn't last year. It was year before, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I recreated the the thing in that to best of my ability on the skyline model that they had in the game, which isn't the correct one. But no, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't care, though. Like, it's still, it, it, it's still like, the same sort of car. It still looks similar enough. I fucking spent, like, an hour or whatever, like, getting all the decals right and all this other thing. I'm like, because I had, like, the picture open of the skyline on my phone and I was just, like, copped across. At the, end of, at the end of the day, I'm like, I did a pretty good job at, like, creating this fucking skin. And it got thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads because, obviously, I created this... Uh, when the I had a review code for the game ahead of time, and then still to this day, I'll get messages from people on Xbox Live who go off at me and tell me I'm a fucking idiot because it's not the right car and all this stuff. And I'm like, what takes you? Like, I understand. <laughs> obviously, I guess you're a, you're a Fast and Furious super fan that you love this car. I'm like, it's a great car. I love it in the movie too. But why are you messaging me several paragraphs about how much of an idiot I am <laughs> for getting this wrong? Uh, but yeah, so whenever I, I can, I will recreate any sort of skyline um, <laughs> into his version from this film, yeah. Um, this movie, and I think it's interesting that where it lines up in the world, I get the very same feeling from this movie as uh, Bad Boys. Um, like, I get the very same kind of style of story and narrative, what little narrative there really is in this movie. Um you know, the bad guy, the villain, he hires some of, like, the best thugs in the world. They're everywhere. I don't think there's, you know, as as proactive thugs in any other movie series. Um, but No, they're on it. They don't they're, sleep. They're, they don't sleep. They just rock up everywhere. They're like, man, yeah. we're just going to rock up randomly and give you hell. Um, and I really enjoy it. I really like the cars. Um, I will say, greatest story arc in the history of movie is Tedge 
coming from this movie where he is the, you know, the the wheeling dealing organizer <laughs> of everything in Miami and all the way through to the later movies where he's like a genius, where he's organizing everything and hooking things up and you're like, man, this is uh what a what a life you've had. To, to, to be life. fair, there's nothing in this movie that says he can't have been a computer wizard. There isn't. Movie. There isn't. There's nothing to like counter. He's, maybe he is point. just it's lazy just... and lets other people do the work for him. Yeah, I, I don't think he's lazy. I think he's smart uh, enough yeah. to make other people do his work. But no, um, I really like this movie. Yeah. But also, I where I say the Skyline's my favorite car in the series. I think the car Roman has in this movie is my least favorite car in the whole. The convertible. Franchise. Yeah, I'm like it looks. Yeah. Meh. Meh. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Ash, how do you feel about this movie? I also am very nostalgic for this movie. Um, Whoa! Yeah, I, I remember seeing Surprising it in theaters. Um, having a good time. The yeah, opening scene is really cool. Crazy that they, he decides to lift the bridge. That seems like something you should discuss with them beforehand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a good time. Everything you guys said. A uh, bunch of cool scenes within the movie. Obviously, that rat scene, I think, gave me like nightmares and... Uh, I'm not keen on <laughs> vermin ever I, again. I can, yeah. When I watched that for the first time, I think it was probably one of the darkest, most violent things I'd actually seen as a kid at the time. It's like messed up. How do you think of that? Mm. How do you go? You know what? I'm not going to beat him with like a crowbar, take out his knees. No, no I'm going to stick a rat, and then I'm going to put a blowtorch yep. to the rat <laughs> and let it eat its way through. True villain. True. True, true villain. rat fan. True. Uh but yeah, messed up villain. I appreciate that this film sets up that it's not only a pre, uh, set before the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise, it's also set before the first, uh, before Speed Racer, because they use the exact same effects throughout the entire film, <laughs> all the cars and everything. It looks <laughs> incredibly much. like Speed Racer, so I appreciate it for that as well. I don't think it's I've actually- ever watched the CG closer before, as closely as I did this movie, especially like some of the. Especially in the first scene where it's like watching the surrounding rather than just watching them as they're talking or doing whatever. It's some of it's like, oh boy, oh boy, that didn't look good in 2002, let alone in 2020. It's funny because these days movies get more and more special effects in them. But as, as crazy as the stunts actually get further in the Fast and Furious franchise, they actually start using less CGI. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is is a funny that's thing That's because to think it gets about. more realistic as they go along. It's crazy. <laughs> no, no, that's my point. They get even le- they get more unrealistic, but use less CGI. <laughs> they no. use more CGI in these fucking races here. No, it's unrealistic. The camera would move in that kind of all those different ways, whereas it's more realistic in the future. The way the camera is moving. That's fair. That's a fair point. I, I agree with you. Somebody's been watching the corridor crew. shout out um yeah so overall i'm surprised that we all like this i was for some reason thought ash was gonna come in with the don't worry like be the usual internet internet fan because everyone on the internet usually hates this one you know so when was the last time we had an argument with ash about something yeah that's so random i don't know why you come to that conclusion no so weird Um, usually i'll agree it's kind of weird they they have the destruction derby at the start and he never I guess that kind of that never comes up again. Do you do? I think we movie. might. I think we might go get a scene of that in nine. That would be cool. 
That's true. Yeah, I, saw, I think I saw, an, I, I swear in a glimpse in the trailer, I saw something that looked like a destruction derby. And I'm like, maybe they're going to like get Tyrese and he's actually doing destruction. Maybe he's brought the derby or something. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Could be like a callback. Nah, man, he's Could not be. going back to Barstow. That's true. Ma- well, yeah. Maybe maybe Vin Diesel, after the whole rock thing purposely, is giving Tyrese more screen time to... <laughs> <laughs> fuck with the rock uh so i think yeah so i had like uh potential comebacks for <laughs> either nine or ten characters in this movie that haven't like come back yet really so either mendez's monica fientes i think is how you say it. uh so she has an after credits cameo coming up in one of the films we'll talk about soon but other than she, she it was uncredited as well so she, she's not even an imdb if you look well, it uh, says she's uncredited. It says, unc- it says it is, but uncredited, I guess. Um, but she hasn't come back fully. I would say that they could have her back in like a quick, like five minute sort of like proper cameo role. It's kind but of I wouldn't weird see her come now. back properly. It's kind of weird now that there's that Paul Walker isn't around. I think yeah. if if Brian and Paul were still, you know, if he if that character was still involved, it would make sense for her to come back. And then you know, Mia to be like, who's this floozy, and you know, whatever. But um, all they ever do in this whole movie is kiss. Yeah, but there's a lot of there's a lot there's of a lot of tension. sexual tension. There's some there like is, palpable. Yeah, there is, but that, I think it, that I, car scene where she's looking at her the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it just but just, tense. I will like, say, and dangerous, very dangerous. Yeah, we've got a lot. <laughs> if you, of if you got I'll, those I'll skills, how did you see the how didn't you see the truck coming <laughs> in the first film? <laughs> him, him, you got this vision. <laughs> Him only kissing her in the whole movie, I think, helps the fourth one uh, when he like gets back with Mia because, like, because in all these movies you never actually see him get properly with any other girl, so it's like, oh, he must really love her, you know? Like they give you that impression, but for all we know, he's off fucking having it with other girls. Who knows? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's damn right. Uh, so yeah, I'd put her at a low. Another interesting one that hasn't come back is um, Suki. Suki, yeah, I just up. think that I was like, I when I watch you, I'm like, when is Suki coming back? Is, you know, when is she coming back as Tej's love interest? Because those two, they had it going on. Well, no, because yeah. he's with what's her face now. So yeah, true. Um, he's loving what's her name? Natalie Emmanuel. Yeah, 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 Natalie Emmanuel. Um, I can't remember the character name either. So yeah, <laughs> Jesus, some oh, some weird <laughs> IMDb, help me out. Oh my god! Of course, it doesn't come up. Fast, what is Fast Furious Seven called? Furious Seven is the correct name of the movie. They keep call- they call them different things. So if you type in the wrong one, okay, yeah, Fast. I will say 7. the naming convention of Fast and Furious movies is quite annoying. As I mean, later in this series, they all went they down from hill. Let's be honest. They all went down. Ramsey, fuck yeah, that's it. Ramsey, yeah. secret agent Ramsey. Um. Yes, yeah, so I, I would like to see her come back and do a cameo simply because we haven't seen her yet and we've got two movies left until they supposedly end it, obviously. So I'm like, come on. You've only got a couple of the characters that haven't had like a comeback cameo do in at least though? one thing. Do they though? Two movies? Hey? Nine and ten? Yeah, I guess. They're doing ten. That's how many they've announced. And then okay. they're continuing the spin-offs like Hobbs Fair and Shaw, ten yeah, and yeah, yeah. whatever else. So. Like the Fast and Furious brand will continue the the main trilogy. It's like Rise of Skywalker, you know, the end of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you've just doomed uh, Fast and Furious for yourself, there, buddy. 
Yeah. Uh, and then we had Cole Hauser as uh, the villain, of course, Carter Verone, who at the end of the movie, as jokingly pointed out before, says he would uh, c- uh, come get revenge for Tyrese. Uh, <laughs> and that was supposed to be a couple of years after this. So I think he would be Listen, out. Like He is it, there. He is plotting how to get his revenge on Tyrese. Against Tyrese. Yeah. I'd love for him to be a minor villain. No, like listen. a minor villain in one of these movies. Spin-off Tyrese and Ludacris go do their spin-off movie. Suki comes back. He's getting chased down by the bad guy. Uh, and He's got too much money again. now. He's ejecto Cito, cuz. Well, you know how every movie kind of starts with like a prologue scene? Is like the way I like to think of them. Nearly every movie has like this opening scene. Mm. Uh even eight just had a race that wasn't connected to anything else, obviously. So I'm like, if they wanted to do it as like a throwback cameo, and you could tie this in, like you could, you could have nine literally start with <laughs> Carter Verone after like in an action scene trying to fucking kill uh, Roman, and then someone comes in and saves him, and that's like the like an, a way to open the movie or something, you know? Title go maybe. Yeah. Maybe after credits, after credit scene. Maybe, yeah. He's turns out he's the big bad. He's been pulling the strings all along. He was the one who was actually behind Hard's death. He was the one who framed. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he was the one who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> he was the one who who stuck uh, Charlie's Theron's character on them. Uh, he he runs nobody. It's Mister Nobody's company. It's all been a major plot. He was behind it all. Crazy. Been all connected, <laughs> all to connected. Too fast, too furious. The time. He was, the, on he was the one who killed Dom's father. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! It's all connected. <laughs> Justice comes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, for the for the family for this movie, of course, Roman Pierce is the the big loudmouth badass totem character that's introduced in this movie. Uh, how how do we feel about Roman in general? Jokes aside, but then we can get to jokes. How, do do you like him? Do you not like him? Do you like him in this and then dislike him in the future movies, or do you think you like dislike him more in this and like him more the way he's like a side ki- sidekick in the future ones? What's the preference? I feel like the future, the next next couple of films that we've seen color this performance now, where you know he's a bit more, um, his IQ is smaller uh, and is a bit more <laughs> comic relief. Uh, but he has a serious beef with uh, Brian. That's well, not really. Brian had nothing to do with his not at all. But he's got it. He's got like yep. a chip on his shoulder. He's got like character motivations and that kind of stuff. But I mean, he's perfectly fine. He drives good. He says funny lines. He drives good. <laughs> he drives cars. He is a perfectly adequate sidekick. Yeah, Karen. I think I feel like later in the series they really water him down a little bit. Because even though, you know, if you look at my quote list that I wrote down while watching this, a lot of the quotes and the one-liners that I wrote on this is his quotes, his Roman quotes. And and I kind of feel later in the movies, that's all that he became is these funny one-liners and quotes. It wasn't like he wasn't a substantial character in any way. Um, I really like him by the end of this movie. I think um, it would be interesting to know about where he goes after this point, like what is the gap, the bridge between when we meet him again later in the movies? Um, I honestly but, can't remember if they mentioned. That's why I'm I kind of don't looking think forward they to do. watching five. 
I don't <laughs> like, think I can't they remember do. how they bring him back. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to to seeing him again. But then also, it's just yeah, he kind of just loses substance of character. Where I believe he, even his connection to Brian seems to kind of dwindle a little bit in the later movies. Like it isn't more. There isn't that special bond with he has with Brian later. It just seems to be his bond with that whole family. Not anything too special about Brian anymore. Because he kind of gets eclipsed by Brian's relationship with Dom. Yeah, well, they just pair everyone off eventually. It's like yeah. Brian, Dom, Tej, Roman, um, Han, Giselle. I Giselle, guess. yeah. <laughs> like, um, he's a cool cat that gets the. The, the one that's allowed to spend a lot of time with his love interest, I guess. Um, so yeah, any any other last any other last thoughts on the movies? Uh, this move before we move on to like favorite line and the mix and uh, these sort of things. Only thing I, I want to call out is I I still love watching the that final scene where all the cars come out. Yeah, like cause, still because that's enemy. obviously practical. Yep. That's obviously practical, and it's just really cool to see that many cars going on or whatever else and in general that's like a cool movie trick i remember the first time watching it being like oh this is you know i'm a young kid and it's like this is cool look how smart they are and then when it finally reveals they're in the other cars you're like oh (laughs) wow guys so cool and even just the the minor things of seeing cars that you recognize from the opening scene like just being like oh cool they're all involved and they've got their cars in this and that's that's, suki's car yeah yeah all these other people yeah the the races from the start stuff. So. Uh, yeah, Ash, you have any other things you want to bring up for this one? They drove a car on a boat. They onto a boat. <laughs> this is where it starts. Set the bar wet. very this high. Is... But th- my favorite thing about mentioning that is that everyone's like, "Oh man, these movies went to shit unrealistic at like number five or something." Everyone like calls number five as long when they start going unrealistic, or whatever. And like, they drove a fucking car like <laughs> onto, onto a, a boat b- in the <laughs> second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they went, but yeah, I mean, it's totally realistic. Here's a good question: Definitely. Whatever happened to Agent Bilkins? You know, he was a dude, dude looking out for Brian. Never see him again. Never Bring see him, him back. That's, I mean, they could. Maybe he goes on the bigger and better things. But also, it's funny how they got him back for this one and not um, I can't remember the actor's name, but from the first one, he's actual like the one he spends most. Of but time that's because, to. but that's because he isn't working for the police anymore. He's working for the FBI. The guy he's talking to, the main guy is his oh, like, yeah, police guess, chief, yeah, yeah. where this is the FBI and Bilkins is part of the FBI. Yeah. I should have got him back for a cameo and be like, Brian, look, I'm here to talk you into it. Like, I'm here to talk you into doing this FBI mission thing. Yeah. Kieran, any other things you want to call out from this one? Um, I also want somebody that should come back because they've shown in the trailers that they're free to bring back these kind of smaller characters is the mechanic, and I can't remember his Jimmy. name. Jimmy. Jimmy, thank you. I really like Jimmy. I'm like, man, when he's like, when he takes a look at the cars for the first time, when Brian and Roman bring it back, and he's like describing just how wide these cars are, you're like, I like you. You're, you're pretty great. Like, uh, and they put little poker scene and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's to take Tej's money. Yeah, exactly. He probably did take his garage, though. Yeah. It's probably why Tej is so <laughs> yeah, that's why, that, everything that's else why now. he's going everywhere else. Like, he doesn't own it anymore. <laughs> Spin off, man. Come back. This Tej, this Tej spin-off is uh, sounding more and more uh, like a viable plan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then how it ends is The Rock shows up and saves him. <laughs> saves Tyrese <laughs> from certain death. So I was, uh, I was just looking up and I, I just... 
I found out some interesting thing because he's um he's a uh, He's on the soundtrack for this as well because he's MC Jin is his uh, oh, rapper name. Cool. Yeah, so he, he does one of the, the songs on the soundtrack. But the thing is, although he never appears in any future Fast and Furious movies, he does have a song on Fast and Furious Six. Oh, mm. fair enough. So he's uh he, he's not kicked out of the family. He does come back and do a song, but his character <laughs> doesn't show up. So there you go. Uh, all right, so Kieran, what is your favorite line? From this movie. Favorite line? There's so many though. There's so many. Yeah, there's some um, good ones. Um I do look, I'll yeah, okay. It has to be Roman's reaction after Brian does the drive and stare with Eva Mendez is just like yeah. him pulling up and be like me. He he did he he did the drive and stare, didn't he? Yeah, he, I taught him that. Like just that this that kind of that sets up their friendship and their relationship and him so much that um I've always really liked it. Ash, what's yours? Damn, Suki. Uh, when are you going to pop my clutch? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the other side of that is when you have the right tools. Yeah. As soon as That's you get the right great. set of tools. I was like, damn. I also like, uh, don't even think about taking the convertible. It might loosen your moose. Or moose. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. There's too much chrome for me anyways. And it was too much chrome. <laughs> Apparently Tyrese um, picked that himself. He he wanted the chrome on that car. Oh, mm. I watched a YouTube video about all the guy who designed all the cars, uh, like a couple of days ago. Is that on the? I was about to say. I think that's on the Blu-ray as well because I remember watching it when I was. Well, a kid. this wasn't just Too Fast, Too Furious. It was. Uh, it's all oh, the whole car. thing. Okay, it's cool. the whole thing. It's the guy that's done all the cars. Hey, nice. The whole thing. It was really nice. interesting. I'd be interested. Send me a link. <laughs> I'll, I'll hook you up. I'll find, find you. Hook me up. I'll watch I'll that. I'll hook yeah, you yeah, up, Brad. I was going to say, because there is a thing on the Blu-ray where they talk about it. I'm, I remember watching that, but that's only for this film, obviously. Um, my favourite line is, I guess, technically part of a song, but it's the, the my favourite thing, which is just right at the start. All right, all right, all right. Fire them up. We go live in five. It's time for ignition and straight up automobile pimping. Dun, 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 Yeah, fucking... <laughs> I, you, I've skipped ahead to pick one of my favourite songs as well, so we'll jump straight into the mix. Um, I'm trucking Act of Fool, Ludacris, of course, straight as one of my songs. Uh, that's, of course, one of the most famous Fast and Furious songs ever, obviously. And when I was uh, in school, I would just... I mean, uh, this song, my love for the Act of Fool, went from seeing this in primary school all the way through high school. Like, I would constantly still just listen to Act of Fool all the time. like, And I still don't get bored of it. Like, as far as I'm concerned, classic song, classic song. And then my other pick is uh, Rolling on Twenties by Lil Flip, which is only heard slightly in the background of one of the scenes, but um, it's one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. And overall, I would like to say that Too Fast, Too Furious's soundtrack, I think is probably my favorite Fast and Furious soundtrack. And I think that comes down to the fact that it's probably the one I'm listened to the most. And it's like sort of a nostalgia factor because there's other people on here that I like remind me of my like grade seven, eight-ish type thing, like Chingy and stuff like that, who like... Uh, had like several one-hit wonders with the songs right, right there and these sorts of things that I'm like, where the fuck did that dude go? But here he is on the soundtrack. Uh, so they're my two picks. Kieran, what are you picking for the songs? Um, one, I'm going to do um, Pump It Up by uh, Joe pump, Budden. Pump. pump, pump, pump it up. Burn it, burn it, burn it, burn. Um, and I don't know what the actual song name's called. I thought it was called Too Fast, Too Furious, but... It's no, the one it's where he... It, is that Nos? No? I can't remember. Uh, I think there's one called Too, 
Too fast, too no, fast. because there's one where they rap it and they're like, too fast, That's too Act furious. That's Act is it Act of Fool? It is Act of Fool? <laughs> okay, I'll also pick Act of Fool then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, fallen into picking Act of Fool indeed. Uh, Ash, what's your... Uh, what you I also had Act of Fool and then I yep. put down on and on and on. But Which one's that? I don't know. I know, it's just on the soundtrack. <laughs> or listed on Wikipedia. I see it here. On it is the, on the, <laughs> the Spotify the soundtrack. The Spotify playlist, it does not have on and on and on. Well, maybe it's no. not on the Spotify playlist, so. I thought that was on Fast and Furious. I thought that was on the last movie soundtrack. Mm. Not according to IMDb. Oh, I don't know about this. Uh, we shall look into this and rectify <laughs> any. I mean, honestly, I wanted to pick. Uh, what was it? Uh, pick up the phone, but I feel bad about putting that on the list. Why? Because it's got R. Kelly. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good job. That's the mix. Uh, one of those songs may or may not exist. We'll find out uh, into the future sometime. Of course, you can find the link to the description for this playlist. Uh, the ultimate fast and fast saga mix in the description. Below. I put in a spare set of underwear. Check out the awesome technology. You're in trouble. Go big or go home, right? Welcome to the bonus segment for It's About Family Redux. Uh, every couple episodes during this season, I will be talking about Fast and Furious Spy Races, which is a Netflix original animated series that is tied into the Fast and Furious universe and for all purposes of this podcast, much like how I assume that Better Luck Tomorrow is canonical, we're going to assume that yes, Fast and Furious Spy Races is definitely canonical and important to the overarching universe. So today I'm going to set up what is the show because I assume maybe, well, Probably a lot of you listening probably haven't seen it because uh, it's a kid's show. So I'm going to sum up what it is, explain the audience for it, and then just give my overall thoughts on if it's something that A, as a kid's show is enjoyable, and B, as a Fast and Furious fan, could you get some enjoyment out of. And then in the next couple episodes, I'll be talking about the second series, the third series, and then the fourth series, and just giving you my overall thoughts on those as we go and then i'm sure i'll sum it up at the end uh, as like a hey was this whole thing enjoyable was this well worth putting the time and effort into watching so we'll see uh so it is each season is eight episodes each episode is 23 minutes so it's not exactly a big uh, in time investment um for kids they could i'm sure they could binge it so the audience for this is definitely tween uh so that I think the official description is like nine to twelve or something like that for it for, for if you're a tween, you know, you're not quite a kid, but you're not quite a, a proper teenager at the same time. It's definitely around that audience. You have uh some of course, you know, involves the high intense car race scenes that the franchise is known for, but it's also got a lot of action because the series, I mean it's called Fast and Furious Spy Races, it involves a lot of the 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 spy espionage sort of stuff that the Fast and Furious franchise has been getting into over the last couple of films. But it's definitely not 
uh, ultra violent or ultra scary or anything like that. I mean, there there are a couple of points that's sort of laughable. There, especially like the opening episode. Uh, it starts with someone who turns out to be the the villain of the series. Uh, they're like robbing this yacht. It's out on a, a river or whatever. And uh, these guards realize, and they just don't have guns. Like they pull out batons or or something. And <laughs> like my brain, the first reaction is, well, I mean, if this was not aimed at tweens, they would definitely be pulling out guns and shooting at the person because apparently they're guarding some secret, I don't know, drug kingpin's ultra expensive car that this person's stealing or something along those lines. But uh, so the show then gets into it. The setup is you have a core cast of a Tony Toretto. That's your main character. It's of course Dom's cousin. We don't really exact get an explanation of the, the lineage there, but it's Dominic Toretto's cousin. So Tony likes racing. He has the heart of a Toretto. Uh, Dom Vint slash Vin Diesel does turn up in the first and I think it's the last episodes. Uh, basically just cameo appearances. His, <laughs> the way he's animated and drawn or like digitally drawn or whatever for, for this show is quite honestly over the top and hilarious. Like he has the biggest shoulders and everything. And I just guarantee that was Vin B. Like, made me bigger. <laughs> and uh, that's, so he's big. Uh, Tony Toretto. So yeah, he's got, he's got the heart of a racer. He's got the heart of a Toretto. He wants to do good. He wants to, you know, be the fastest racer, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then the rest of the characters are, you've got Margaret, Echo, Pearl, Cisco, Ronaldo, Layla, Gray, and then Frosty Benson. And they all sort of fit into like, mm, it's not really like stereotypical, but like certain sorts of roles where like, for example, Frosty's the the tech person and Layla's like the, the cool, uh, calm, collected, just wants to get straight to the action and um cisco wants to get straight into the um you know he's like the brute who's obsessed with like keeping cup holders in the cars for some reason stuff like that so they all sort of have their own quirks uh all up the core cast of young characters are enjoyable they're they, they're a lot of fun for the most part um they're not like super deep obviously because it is a kid's show but you know that they're, they're not they're not annoying or or anything like that. They're, they're sort of typical tween characters and you, you can enjoy them for what they are. Uh, Plot-wise, as I said, it is eight episodes and each one does connect into one another. So there is an overarching plot. Like each episode isn't just, hey, random race, this sort of thing, blah, 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 blah. It is, the, the setup is, at, I think it's in the first episode, like halfway through the first episode that Tony and his crew... They all get basically put through a test by Dom and Miss Nowhere, which, of course, is a, another agent from the, the secret organization where Mr. Nowhere, played by Kurt Russell, works in the uh, Fast and Furious films. And they recruit them because they need some young racers who won't get recognized because, of course, they, they ask why Dom won't do it. And he's like, oh, can't do it. I'm too popular. <laughs> I'll get recognized like Borat kind of thing. So then they're like, you all need to do it. And of course, the the people, the the crew they're trying to uh, break into and uh, go undercover as, they're, they're kids anyway. Like, they're, I, they don't really say the age of the kids, but I mean, they could be anywhere between like 12, 13 up to like 16. 
if I was to guess, like some of them definitely look older than others, but they're definitely like, I would say amongst that bracket. Like they're older than the audience. They're older than like the tween audience it's targeting, but it's, it, it's not like they're, um, they're not adults or they're not like, I would say, I would say maybe 15 at the oldest for some of the characters for sure. Um, so then they, the, the show basically has them break in. They, they make friends with these people. Lo and behold, there's betrayal at some point. Oh no, there's some races. There's like a test race. I think it's in the second or third episode from memory. Maybe it's the third one. They do like some test race, uh, that literally they're racing through what looks like the mine shafts from, uh, Fast and Furious, like the, the fourth Fast and Furious film. Uh, so that there's... And there's a lot more throwbacks than just that. Of course, there's some, like, random one-liners thrown out for people to go, ooh, like, oh, that's a reference or, like, that sort of thing. But it's not too referential crazy because it's you can tell that this show was designed as, hey, this is this is just a spin-off for the franchise that's being targeted as an enjoyable kids show for Netflix where hopefully because it has Fast and Furious in the name that parents, I guess, who like the franchise will be more likely to watch it or encourage it or stick around and watch it too. So, you know, you've got some of these references thrown out for people to to grab onto and enjoy and this sort of thing. But it's it's definitely not like over the top referential because it's 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 targeting kids more so than the uh the parents or adults or whoever's in the room actually watching it. And p- plot wise it doesn't get too overcomplicated like this would if it was an actual adult thing as well. Even though at some stage it does like by the end of the show it is like about getting some secret keys to control like a mask that lets you could like it goes straight into that sci-fi ridiculous stuff that we've been dealing with the uh with the last couple films but ultimately because it is a cartoon and because it is targeted at kids that means that a lot of the more ridiculous stuff that the fast and furious franchise has been getting into just makes more sense (laughs) because it's a a kid show and a cartoon show and even some of the more over the top car race sequences and they look really good in this like animation wise and action wise the the pacing of them and everything like that like even the music it's you know it doesn't have like ludicrous and stuff but it's definitely got um the the hip-hop or whatever inspired music and vibes and that sort of stuff like it 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 is when you have a car like fly over something and do a flip or whatever like uh, in animation and the way it looks here it just makes a lot more sense and it's a lot more believable than some of the stuff is in the movies. I mean, they don't have someone move a missile on ice like they did in Fate of the Furious in this, but who knows, that could happen in the uh, next couple of seasons as I'm yet to watch them. But if they did that in animation, I think it would be slightly more believable to me personally. Uh, so that that is my overall summing up thoughts for both like what this show is and the first series. I would say based on this, it's like, hey, if you have a tween, if, if you have a kid that's in that audience or you know someone, and they ask you if this would be a good watch, I would say yes, like it's highly enjoyable. It's it's definitely for that, as I said, tween audience, 9 to 12 or whatever it is. That's the targeted audience. It's It's got some fun characters, a lot of enjoyable stuff. Um, you get to enjoy the like illegal street racing action sort of stuff without it being like overly encouraged as like a, a cool thing you should definitely do. It's like just, I don't know, in this world, it's not like they ever have cops chasing them or anything because I think, and I think that's done on purpose. Like, there's never any police chasing anyone because um, you want to be like, well, that's bad. And you should, I don't know. Like, you can tell there's a lot of purposeful choices done. Uh, if you're a Fast and Furious fan, are you going to get a lot out of this? Not really. I mean, f- for, 
if you're a hardcore fan and you want to like tick all the boxes, like I guess I'm doing, then sure. It is, I'm enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying it as a, it's only eight episodes. It never overstated welcome. There's no filler episodes. The characters are fun enough. I'm, I'm enjoying it as, as it is, but it's not like a, you need to watch this. There's definitely nothing so far that I'm, I'm going to say is a, a must watch for fast and furious fans or, uh, fans of the universe as a whole or whatever uh so that's it so look forward to more of my thoughts on fast and furious spy races in the next couple episodes throughout the continuation of it's about family season one redux we'll talk about it some more in the future looks like we're all out of nos for this week you can follow all of us on twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash twitter next week we will be discussing fast and furious the fourth one not not the Fast and Furious. We've already done that. What, Instead, but, we're talking about, but what about, we're talking about Tokyo Fast Drift? Um, in, in, the show, in the podcast about Fast and Furious that started with Better Luck Tomorrow, you better hold on at your horses when we, we skip Tokyo Drift and put it... We're, we're, chronologically, Oof. remember everyone? That's why we started with Better Luck Tomorrow. <laughs> we're going chronologically. So Tokyo Drift will show up in about... Two four episodes? Two. No, it's no, only more two. than that. Is it? I thought it was after six. No. Yeah. So next week is Fast and Furious. The week after that's Fast Five. The week after uh, that's okay, so Fast Six. So it's four episodes away. Wow. You know what, guys? I've just proved to everybody listening that Dylan is organized for this podcast. Well done, yeah. Dylan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, next week, Fast and Furious, the fourth one, as well as Los Bandeleros. Bandela- isn't it bandoleros bandoleros it's bandoleros you bandoleros uh los bandoleros the prelude short film that uh vin diesel directed we'll be talking about that as well that takes place just before fast and furious so make sure you watch that as well so we can talk about both those things and until next episode hashtag justice is coming is it though